because somebody came in to use our our computer here in in the church library, which is really just a corner of our fellowship hall. Right. Uh, somebody came in to use a computer, needed to print off a couple things, and uh, she brought her mom with her. And they're sitting there looking at stuff. I think like tattoo designs or something, so they can print off. They need to print off a form, but the tattoo designs was a nice uh, bonus, I guess. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and uh, they were having a conversation. In the midst of the conversation, the mom cussed. <laughs> And like at the end of her, at the end of her, at the end of her cuss, she's like covering her mouth and like looking back to see if I'm around. <laughs> and she's like, I'm, she's like, I am so sorry. I said, ma'am, this is the Lord's house and I'm pretty sure he wants you to be real with him. So yeah. just be who you are. <laughs> she was like, really? I said, really? Don't hide yourself around here. That's the worst yeah. thing you can do in church. Yeah. That being said, yeah. welcome to Blacktop Pulpit by yeah. oh, is it recording? the church at Sunsites. It is totally recording, bro. Great. I remembered to hit the record button. <laughs> so I am Andrew. I am the pastor here at the church at Sunsites, and I am here with PA, one of our church members, Albert, one of our elders, and Ken, another one of our church members. And uh, during the Blacktop Pulpit, we just really seek to to look at the application of Sunday's sermon. So guys, what did you think? Uh, what what stood out to you in, in the sermon from Sunday in the text we were in, which was Isaiah chapter 53, talking oh. about the prophetic vision of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What was the question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember spending so much time in Isaiah 53 once I kept remembering having the Lord tell me, read it, read it, read it again. Read again, read again. I spent a couple of years trying to figure out what it was I was trying to figure out from Isaiah 53. It was awesome. And then finally I figured it out and it wasn't what I thought I was looking for. Right. But it was great. Sunday was great. Was I here? <laughs> Bodily. But, okay. <laughs> see, see, you got to be yourself. We, we don't know. We don't, we don't know, do we? No. Did I punch well, a time card? <laughs> I've off. I've. I've wondered about Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament. It never talks about the resurrection. And I, I kept looking for it. And mm-hmm. now I know that it's not mm-hmm. there, so I will no longer look for it. Yeah. And I've been confused when Christ on the cross said, it is finished. I thought it wasn't finished till he got out of the grave. And that's, that, that's you know, I thought, what's finished? It, I mean, but it was his death that, that brought salvation. Mm-hmm. And scripture says, and I don't know where it's written, but I could find it. It says, if we're saved by his death, much more are we saved through his life. Right. And mm-hmm. so to be explained that, you know, the, the resurrection is not foretold in the Old Testament in black and white. You're going to, but it does, it alludes to it when it mm-hmm. says, you'll not leave my body bolder in the grave. So right. it alludes to it, but it never comes right out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and when and when Jesus uh, talking to the Pharisees, they're searching for a sign, and they say, "Hey, give us a sign, so we know you're the guy." And Jesus says something crazy like, Psh, "You're not going to be given a sign except for the sign of Jonah, who was in mm-hmm. Sheol for three days, <laughs> and then was coughed up out of Sheol <laughs> symbolically." So it's like just little details like that in the Old Testament. It doesn't explicitly say. <laughs> Yeah, the Messiah. It does say the Messiah, the Redeemer, uh, will be born of a woman. It will be God in the flesh. His name will be Eternal Father. 
he will bring the nations under his rule and he will give his life a substitutionary atonement for others. I think that's pretty explicit in the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is not explicit about the resurrection. Uh, it is implied, though, which is very cool. Yeah. Why, is, why is Christ called the eternal father? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he also tells us that we're his where his children were still his brothers and, and sisters. Right. It's all very, very mystical when you think about it. It mm. really is. Mm. You know, when it gets to stuff like that, yeah. Gunny, I, I can't help it. And like I, y'all know Psalm 139 is my go-to, but it's like his ways are too high for me. When I start getting into stuff like that, it's just, I, I can't make, it's not that I can make, can't make sense out of it, it's that I can't quite get a grip on it. And I've got to remind myself that he is God and that his ways are much, much higher than mine. But it's all, it's all you know, it takes your breath away. It does. It's when he, when he, when he said to the disciples mm. that, you know, it amounted to what he said was that the father himself loves you. And it doesn't have to go through me, if you will. He loves you because of who you are and what you've created to be. So the Father loves us that he sent the Son. But it, I got it to, to mean I love you. Right. And I had, it's not because mm. of him or it's not because of anything. I just love you. Right. And I think the Father does that, even though it's all, it's just all, it's above my pay grade. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I don't understand it. But I don't have to understand it. Well, Ken, Ken, what you got for us, man? You're not just there for moral support or whatever. <laughs> give us, a, give us some input, face. man. <laughs> he's a face in the crowd. Yeah, I was just waiting to hear what you guys were kind of reflecting on. Well, the thing hey. is, if he's a pretty face, he has to talk because the camera doesn't change to his face in the recording <laughs> unless he says something. So <laughs> Here I am. Good <laughs> Vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't um, know. Yeah, I don't know. I need to. I need to get the the thought the thought process kind of brewing back up again. So yeah, I was just kind of listening in. Well, let me uh, let me get some thoughts going. On Sunday, I mentioned the current controversy in uh, it's it's a controversy of the world that has now invaded the church, and that is the gospel of restitution instead of a gospel of forgiveness. So let me just throw <laughs> that out there. And now, now your thoughts are now your thoughts are, are brewing. Now that now they're coming forth and you can you can interpret them and, and communicate those. What, what do you think about that uh, controversy? The, the controversy of restitution versus forgiveness? because the two are not reconcilable ideas if you're preaching a gospel of restitution you cannot be preaching a gospel of forgiveness okay okay that's tough the some poet years ago wrote the world is too much with us Mm. And it's too much with us in the church now because the church is getting involved in things 
which are not scriptural. I'm not saying they're right, wrong, or different. They're just right. not in scripture, and people need to understand that. Yeah. But I don't think people do. I think most people go to church. I can't say that most. Some people go to church because they get the feel good. They get the fire insurance and then they get <laughs> they get all fired up about things that have nothing to do with scripture. Instead of going right. preaching Christ, they go back out and teach, Oh, you're hungry, let me feed you. There's nothing wrong with that. That should be right. done. But you do the salvation army. I love the salvation army. Mm, soup, story. soap, and salvation, you know, yeah. the three S's. They good will story. feed you, but they'll tell you about Jesus at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is that is interesting. Uh, the way that we often communicate the gospel, we say, uh, you, you know, you don't have to say anything; just model the gospel. Um, Ooh, that, that's that, when it gets tough. That does not work. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of atheists can tough. do good things. Sure. Uh, plenty of atheists are philanthropists, and pl- plenty of atheists are out there feeding the poor. And there are plenty of people who go to church on Sunday morning. I believe who do not really know Christ and have not responded to uh, an actual real gospel invitation in a sincere way. Um, So just modeling a life that looks sort of religious does not communicate the gospel. Um, When we preach the gospel though, it does need to be accompanied by our, by our actions, by our, by our charitable work in a way that really helps others and doesn't actually hurt them, which is another topic for another time. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, gospel proclamation and and charity. Uh, one cannot be divorced from the other. Mm, it's impossible. Yeah. But is social gospels is social gospel still alive, or, is, or has that been sort of um, the social gospel? The term social gospel yeah. is kind of withering away, as far as it's, I can tell. Yeah, I but so. the idea is it's the same gospel that Satan preached in the garden. That that idea is still around. Only, oh, it is. It's, only now it's. It's being uh, called by the term woke church, woke gospel, woke hermeneutics, <laughs> or uh, there's no difference. They're just putting different terminology on it. So it seems new and seems progressive, but it's the serpent's gospel from the Garden of Eden, right? And uh, also there's been a revival of the term liberation theology, <laughs> oh. which is the same thing. It's, it's all about liberating yourself. So there was a popular tweet that came out. In fact, I snapped a, I snapped a picture of the post I saw so that I could refer to it later. Um, and this is a guy by the name of uh, Raphael Warnock. Oh, and his, I'm from Georgia, pardon. And his tweet uh, said, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ, whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. Liberation theology. That's what that is. I, I have to chime in Go because I'm from Atlanta, where that thing is from. He has influence upon hundreds of thousands of people, and they're listening to him. And they're going by what he says. And it's it's, it's straight up opposed uh, to the gospel is what it is. It's, yeah. I, I want to say something, but I don't want to know if I'm – that's – Antichrist like, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the thing it's just insanity going on in Atlanta right now complete insanity. There's, it's bad in, in our church. There, there are when I, when I came, came here, I was absolutely shocked 
that a church that says it believes the Bible. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean no, to laugh, but no, I understand no, that. Not, not, but not because they believe it, but the, the ignorance of scripture in mm -hmm. this church was, was appalling. Ted did a wonderful job of, of, uh, of, of preaching. And we wanted ones, just someone to preach like him and who thought like him and who had the same, same gospel message. That's, that's what we called Andrew because that's the gospel. But people, we, we don't see, we don't seem to understand because of our pride, I think. Mm. We have to do something when there's mm. nothing we can do right. for our salvation. That goes against the natural man. Of it's humans. Just, it's unacceptable. Yeah. And so that's that's part of the problem. You don't you don't do anything, you just open yourself to the Lord and let him minister through you. We the Lord blesses people through us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More, more than not, more, more than often than not, uh -huh. and we seem to think that we seem to think that God is just a big human being. Yeah, that's uh -huh. silly thought, isn't it's, it? Yep, that's and a if, silly if thought. I were God, but they here, do. Here, here, yeah, we, 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 sometimes even we do. I, I yeah. do. I can't. I can't lie to you. Then I go. Wait a minute. You know, I'm not in charge. Yeah, this, I, this, I've this heard is, the comment of, of people saying it as we're discussing stuff like this. Say, well, if God walked in the door right now, and and the, I, I, you know what I do, I laugh at that because it's like, yo, bro, he's already here, already here, he's already here, he's all around, he's everywhere, and you're worried about him seeing you walking in the door. I'm like, okay, your process needs to be a little tweaked, you know. But, yeah. but you know what? Do we really believe that he's always with us? You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if we did, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't act the way we are. We uh, wouldn't sin. We wouldn't sin if we knew. Uh, oh, we're we, getting too deep here now. Well, it's just I need coffee out of my. I think this. I think that's where we're nice. we. Nice. We're not going to sin because we're going to see Christ. It will be, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's, and we'll know oh, him relationally. Man, we will fully, fully know, know him. him. <laughs> that's it. That's it. like. Because it's like all these, like I just did stated, Psalm 139 states that his ways are too high for us. Mm. But when we get there, mm. we're going to be with him. Yeah. We'll never understand God. I don't we, want to. Don't I just want to understand each other. You yeah. Think about it. Oh, right. I understand you well, Gunny. <laughs> <laughs> and Duffy. Yeah, I understand him too. I do. Yeah, we don't set. We we do not set too high a standard on our friendship. <laughs> oh wow, that was tough. Relationships wow. are by grace, not works. However, yeah. <laughs> dollar may help out. So. Yeah, okay, all right. I got seven cents left in the truck somewhere on the yeah. under, under the dash mat or something. Yeah. Uh, God it, loves you, and so do I. You know what? You know. I said, I got good news for you. You know, <laughs> I love you, and Jesus is crazy about you. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. So the gospel is a gospel of forgiveness, not a gospel of restitution, uh, which is, which is so much better than what the world is giving us right now. Right? That's the part you I'm have to make restitution. You have to work for your salvation. You have to free yourself. And then you, you come to find out you're trying to do that. And that's impossible. It, I can't liberate myself whatsoever. And then in comes the gospel of Jesus Christ no. to oppose the gospel of the world, the serpent's right. gospel. It's like, nope, straight up forgiveness. You sinned against God. 
you you offended him. Humanity offended God for centuries and centuries and for millennia. Yeah. Right. Humanity offended God. If your gospel is a gospel of restitution, you cannot pay that back to God. So we're talking about restitution on a human level. So this gospel is going to make sense. This is how I'm applying this to our current context. We're talking about this on a human level, like people paying back restitution for centuries of sin. (laughs) And it's like, and God's up there like, that's the way you think. Apply that to your relationship with me. You offended me for millennia. You have trampled on me for millennia. You have mocked me for millennia. You have built your own kingdoms on my world, on my back for millennia. How much restitution do you owe me if that is your gospel? Impossible to repay God restitution. And instead of being like people, instead of being like us, right? God comes in and he says, you know what? Hmm. I see that you owe me all that restitution, Mm -hmm. but instead of requiring that from you, I'm going to send my son, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah, second person of the Godhead. He is going to mm. be incarnate, and he is going to take all of that oppression, all of that restitution upon himself, and he is going to die in your place to repay the restitution you owe me in your place. Now, that is the gospel. Mm-hmm. That right. is that is the gospel. So all this talk about restitution just it doesn't even recognize what Jesus did. Mm. He paid our restitution to God on our behalf. We're all worried about getting what we are owed. You owe me restitution. Mm-hmm. And God's like, it is way worse than you can possibly imagine. Do you do you realize the the restitution you owe me? But instead of requiring that of you, I sent my son to die right. for you so I could just straight up forgive that. And just now, love on you. Now go and forgive others the same way. Exactly. That's the gospel applied. Right? Everybody, and right, right, piggybacking on that, Pastor, everybody's screaming for justice. Mm-hmm. No. Justice for so-and-so. Justice for this. Justice for that. Justice is going to hell. That is justice. Justice is hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they have no idea what real justice is. Maybe they have no inclination as to what we did to him for millennia. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no bother of thought process on it at all. Right. They're not, they just don't give a sugar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just don't. So it's like, well, uh, everybody wants justice. Well, that means does really everybody want hell? Because that's what they're getting at this point in time. If you were just to look at societal issues and, and governmental issues and country issues, they're all screaming for justice. And here it comes. They're getting justice. They're getting the hell that they so don't want. Yeah, but that's real justice. But on a personal level, there there is restitution if your brother if you sinned against ah. your brother, that, that restitution, or if you should take something that doesn't belong to you and then mm. you you take yeah, hand pay it back. back to him and you pay right, it back right. in that restitution. But that's not what they're talking about. No. On the personal level, yes, yes. Even, Make amends. I've had people say, you know, so-and-so is angry with you. I said, they are for what? And they, just, they said, well, what they were angry about, I thought was very, gee, why would you? But I had to take my hat my hand and go to them and, and apologize, even though I didn't know it that that was. That's why if, if I offend Ooh. you, tell me, yeah. because sometimes I'm blind to that, right. because if yeah. I intend to do it, then I will come to you. Mm-hmm. And I've gone to people and apologized because I intended to insult them or embarrass them. And they said, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I thought, 
Now this, I, I got to get a little bit of what this man has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't get that. When it comes, and can't interrupt us anytime, man. You got to, you got to get. He's some just input sitting there here. looking <laughs> good. That's all. Oh, look, nice profile. Yeah, no, I, I, I could, yeah. I could chime in on this one a little bit um, because you know when, when you guys are talking about um, justice, I, I think one of the issues what we're facing is that the the world is trying to work individually um, with justice apart from the gospel. They're trying to live in a way that uh, seeks justice like the church would. And one of the big things, well, the the essential thing you're missing uh, when you seek justice is uh, love. And the people that are seeking justice right now are doing it uh, in a a vengeful way. And you, you can't, you can't seek justice and with a heart that wants revenge. Uh, You have to, pursue justice with with love and and a desire for the person that you you want to see come back to terms with god and be restored to you um prosper and that's not that's not the drive that we see today so that i think is the 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 main issue that we're facing with what we like in the language you know seek justice and we would say amen um we all want to see justice done um, but if you don't start it with uh, a heart of love for the person that you you want to be just um, to have justice done, uh, then it fails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People have forgotten it, yeah. what what forgiveness is. That's what, yeah. It's, it's the same thing. It's just like. Duffy said, it's like, you can't seek that without love. Mm. But, you know, to piggyback on that, if you were to look at everything, how many people really know what real love is? It's not being taught anymore. I mean, everybody loves their pizza. They love their cars. They love this. They love that. But it's such, I don't know if the word is being used correctly anymore. Well, there's been there's been such a redefining of terms. Yeah, it's that kind bothers of, kind of ridiculous. Bit. So love now is defined like lust historically has well, been, right? <laughs> uh, where biblical love is sacrificial and the giving up of my identity and my preferences. Worldly love is more like lust. It is my satisfying myself and the fulfilling of my self identity and self and self pleasures and, and my lusts. Um, so it's just night and day mm. biblical love as opposed to worldly love and where biblical love applied means forgiveness. Uh, my responsibility is twofold, right? If somebody wrongs me, forgiveness without expecting anything, right? Yeah. right. If I wrong somebody, apologies without expecting anything. So that's uh, the Christian desires to do that. But um, and. The world, the world no longer welcomes that kind of love. Uh, the world is saying, no, you must pay restitutions, not only for the damages you have done, but for the damages your ancestors have, have done. Uh, not only for the damages, and, and not only now for the damages of your ancestors, but for, for the damages um, caused by everybody with your skin color throughout history. Yeah, I don't, I don't get um, that. And that's, that's the opposite of forgiveness that's the opposite of of christ likeness and that's being preached now from pulpits you these just li- read these, it yeah these liberation he's in charge yeah. of ebenezer baptist church in downtown atlanta hmm. thousands upon thousands of people listening and and worship that man that's another problem but it's like well, no luck just as james tells us that it is 
that God's justice forgives us. Yeah. If we if we confess our sins, I assume that involved in there is is turning away from sin. Because confession just means to agree with. That doesn't just right. it means agree with right. agree with God. Yes, this was wrong. He, then he says he is just to, that's always amazed me. He is just to forgive us our sins. Yeah. His justice and his love. You can't, you can't, we try, we try to take our emotions and put them on God. So okay. here's love, here's justice, here's mm. whatever. But they're all one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not separate. They're, they're together. Right. Yeah. And it all starts, it all starts with love. Yeah. Real love. Yeah. yeah which is only possible. If uh, if our hearts have been regenerated, uh, yes. If God has removed our hearts of stone that yes. we are born with and replaced those with a with a heart of flesh, if we have experienced new birth and in the Holy uh-huh. Spirit, uh, you can't deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus unless no. you've been born again, just as it's Jesus impossible. taught in John chapter three. You know, it's, it's um, a, the world is incapable of of, of thinking sacrificially; it's, it's not able to do so because people have not been born again. You know, the scripture says the wages of sin is death. So we work hard <laughs> uh, in sin for, uh, for death. Well, and we don't, that's we a don't, painful statement. We don't know that, that we're oh, doing good it. Point. But it's the, grace of, it's the grace of God mm-hmm. that, that turns us. So even though we've earned it, it, we have earned it. Yeah. And we continue to earn it even after we come to Christ. And most people get upset if they earn something you don't pay them. <laughs> but I'll oh, take, you done messed I'll up take, my head. I'll take grace over over. Yeah, yeah. Wa- what, wages of sin. What I've what I've earned. I, I've earned it. Hard work. If if our gospel is you wow. must you must earn this. You must liberate yourself. You must free yourself. You must you must come into life by the work that you do. That that gospel is the gospel of death because Scripture does clearly say the wages of sin are death. And in the same verse, it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Exactly. So unless you're preaching a gospel of grace, you're teaching your people to earn death for themselves. Now, uh, there will be a hefty penalty for the man who teaches people to earn death for themselves. Oh, there's probably plenty of them out there. I'm sure. Uh, My head's getting full. Save me, Duffy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, I'm just I, thinking like one of the one of the struggles with with this false gospel is it's coming into um, everything, our circles, and yeah. and this this is this is a divisive issue, and it's like you know we have to take we have to take this with uh, slowness and and uh, be wise and not quick to divide. But right. this is this is a major issue that we're facing. And I'm still like my, I feel like UPA, my head's spinning, but it's not just today. Like I cannot believe what's happening in, in good faithful churches with sound theologians. Uh, I don't understand how this has penetrated their hearts and their mind, why they're adopting the lies um, that, that the culture is pushing. We have opposed the nonsense of cultures um, for since since Christ raised from the dead and 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 sent his disciples out to conquer the world, and and I, and I see these people that that know the Bible, um, they preach faithfully, they have been doing it for a long time, and they adopt something that will destroy them and their congregations. 
what do we do with that? As as I, I mean, I don't want to boast in being a, a minority here. It says we're still being faithful to the gospel because that's you see those <laughs> yeah. people a lot too. Man, like like these these cults break off and, and say well, you know, <laughs> Bible load and you know you know they 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 just kind of form their own circles and just divide from everybody. But this is this is an issue where we we are going to have to start dividing um, from formerly sound people in in a way. Uh, how do we do that? Like uh, that's what I'm wrestling I, through. Yeah. Well, I I, and just, I hear you guys talking about that. I I love the example. Uh, Martin Luther said, not Martin Luther King. Okay, some people, I say, I say Martin Luther, and they're like, oh yeah, Martin Luther King. And that's not who I'm talking about. Well, we are talking about Luther, social Martin justice, Luther right? We are talking about, yeah, so I have to clarify here. So I have to clarify. I'm not talking about Martin Luther King. I'm talking about Martin Luther, the reformer, the man whom Martin Luther King was named after, right? Martin Luther, when he posted his 95 theses, his intention was not to break with no, Rome. No. So we are a we are a Southern Baptist church. And this is a controversy within the Southern Baptist Convention and oh, other, oh. other denominations too, yeah, right? This is, has infected all of Christendom today. But in the Southern Baptist Convention, there are some who want to go the woke way, right? And there, there are many who do not. Um, I have have a feeling that the vast majority of churches in the Southern Baptist community, it's just the big wigs who want to go the social justice route, but there are many. Yeah. I'll follow the money. Yeah. That's a mm, good point. Um, but uh, this is a controversy within our, within our own denomination. And so I'm thinking like, and I'm looking at this from, from a Southern Baptist perspective um, as a small church within the Southern Baptist convention. And I'm thinking, when is it time to sever ties? Exactly. Uh, is is there going to become a time when, when that becomes necessary? And I don't think it's become necessary yet. And then I think about the life of, of Martin Luther and the life of Paul the Apostle. Um, they basically set the same example here. Paul did not separate himself out from the synagogue, from Judaism. He preached to Jews. Mm. He tried to tell them about their Messiah. And it wasn't until they ran him out that he stopped serving them yeah. and went to the Gentiles, right? Yeah, when um, they get run out. Yeah. And so it's, it's our job is to, to speak into this issue, to love our brothers and sisters enough to sacrifice ourselves, uh, to reason no. with our brothers and sisters in Christ, not to forsake any denomination, mm -hmm. but to preach the gospel, to speak with reason, to speak with love, to speak self-sacrificially. And if they run us out, they run us out. But our job is just to honor Christ. Um, we, we're not here to sever ties with anyone. We're, we're here to see the world renewed, which means intentionally not severing ties as far as it depends on us to, to live at peace with all people as far as it depends on us. So that's the position I take on, on yeah. that issue, on the issue of severing ties. So, so that brings up a good question, too, with denominationalism. Um, oh, you, you, have, you, know, his, you, you have certain denominations that would deal with these types of things, like in, in the Southern Baptist convention we're not a you know i guess technically we are a denomination but we we function not, independently not, so there's yeah, no really authority presbyterians or anything like that yeah so yeah. so the issue is like yeah there there's there's the ability to remove people um but but that brings up the question um man like that that's the tension over love and patience and forgiveness but like the reality that uh if there were issues like this within our own body um that would that would get to a point 
again, let, let's let's use some uh, fictitious name. Uh, we'll call him Black Top Pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at making things up. No. <laughs> uh, Are if, we creating our was... own denomination? That's how that's how cults start, and that's how unhealthy right. churches are founded. Somebody says, "I'm not happy with the way things are. Let's leave and start oh, our own man, thing." Please. That's how cults start. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The, I guess to, 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 not, to not go to not drag this out too quick, too long. Um, it, it comes down to discipline, right? If somebody was preaching a false gospel within the church, uh, it would come to a point of, of of correcting that person. Yes, and and we we don't function that way. In the broader church, which I think we should, um, but it He's gets a complicated. You must be, yeah. Rose and chosen, I love the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, picking on them. Yeah, I love our if, Presbyterian if, brothers and sisters. Were it for the baby ducking, then uh, I would I would be there with them. <laughs> they, have signs, they have signs all over for Presbyterians. It's, it's Presbyterian crossing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't cross there. It's right next to the yell sign. So, right? so the issue is, is like if, if we would discipline somebody in the church, like like why would we treat them differently if they're part of a, an, another local body? Yeah, that's that's what I'm wrestling through. OK, I got you. So it's a, the matter of the the convention of churches coming together and saying, hey, we need to correct our sister church. Yeah. Um, and and exercise some kind of discipline. I think there's a place for that in the broader context. Uh, of course, I, I don't think Presbyterian polity is the way to go where you have right. a presbytery who comes down on the local church, right? Yeah. But I think it's the the um, <laughs> the convention of churches recognizing, hey, we are one family, one body, and there is a synod of sorts, which has happened historically, right? Oh, please. Where the churches come together. And they're like, okay, this doctrine is becoming popular. Let's talk about this. Let's reason about this. Let's hear both sides of the argument. And let's develop a statement, whether it's about the the Trinitarian nature of God or the inerrancy of Scripture. The Chicago Statement of Inerrancy has been one of the more recent ones. And the church has done that, right? Um, and those things are, are beautiful things. I think there's a place for that. And if a church is obviously heretical, I, I think, I think, the synod of churches has has a responsibility to say, okay, you really are not of of like mindedness with us, of like faith and order with us, right? And that doesn't take place in a, a denomination, so to speak, but the church at large, which there is only one body of Christ like that. There aren't right. different denominations in that sort of body. Exactly. Right. And somebody can be in a Presbyterian church, and somebody can be in a Reformed Baptist church. And somebody can be in the SBC, uh, on the biblical side of the SBC, uh, and all be preaching a sincere gospel and all be a part of the same family. And we've forgotten how to be partners like that um, for the most part in the church because everybody is so individualistic, mm -hmm. right? And there's no accountability. Uh, each church is, is doing what it wants to do. What you just said right there, accountability, that, that's key. That's key. That's why I, I was kind of digging it on here when I talked to you however many months ago, mm. you know, about how one decision is not one 
spear in the church as much arrows and so to speak, but it's like accountability is zero because it, and, and it just, it coincides though. If you look at it, it coincides with the culture we have today because you have certain denominations that will do whatever one individual says that he believes to be right, right. which is totally out of, out of whack. Then you'll have another denomination that will completely feed and follow today's social status mm-hmm. because the, yeah there you go i mean it, it's just christ said i've come with a sword and mm. it'll even divide a mother and a daughter a son and his father brother and brother i often thought of that as being when the gospel comes some some in the family reject or natural, natural family, mother. Mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. will accept it, some will reject it. I'm not so sure that it doesn't apply to the church also. <clears throat> if you're preaching the gospel that is not the gospel, Christ is at the door knocking. Yeah. You don't have a Christian church anymore. Call it what you want. You cannot call it a Christian. Well, mm-hmm. they do call it, but it's no longer. It's no longer. If you're not preaching the gospel, how can you be a Christian church? That, yeah. that, 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 that makes no sense to me. So whether there's zillions of people in the church or 12 people in the church, if you're teaching other than scripture, you're not a church. No. You're not part of the church. Christ says, I will build my church. Whenever I worry about the church, I remember Christ says, I will build my church. <clears throat> it is possible that the church that Christ is currently building is going to be built in Asia, in Africa. Um, in, among, in, the in, among the yeah, nations. That's right. That's in America, that's right. And America is losing out. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the interesting <clears throat> thing about that. And then there's something I wanted to get to that you yeah. that you touched on. So it's a, it's a good transition into that. When Christ says he is calling his people in the scriptures, mm-hmm. the language is really, really specific. He doesn't say, I am calling people for myself from among the nations. It says, I am calling my people among the nations. The word from is not there in scripture, right? Mm -hmm. I am calling my people among the nations, which means those people have already been chosen. Christ has planted them. And then the the parables of of the the vineyard and and the planting of the seeds comes to mind, right? And uh, Christ says, I have planted those people in those nations already. And I am calling my people who right. are already my people whom I have already chosen. I am calling my people among the nations. And those are the people who sprout from among the nations who overtake the world with the gospel, which is really beautiful. So it's like in all these persecuted nations, even with Abraham coming out of the land of Ur, the land of Ur was given over to idolatry. There were no Christians right. to preach the gospel. And Abraham starts traveling and God says, Hey, Abraham, I'm calling you to myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm, okay. Like, and that the God is doing the same thing now. And he's doing it in the midst of Muslim nations. He's calling people from among Muslim nations, or he's calling people among Muslim nations that he has already reserved for himself. He's calling people in America he has already reserved for himself. And in the next generation, I think we are going to see a great revival because y'all, the fields here are ripe for harvest. So everybody's all like doomsday when it comes to America. And what I see is God like working things together to show, hey, it's time. People yeah. are hearing the gospel with fresh ears. Yeah. It's time to talk about real justice. I am I am shaking things up. And even here in the last year, we've seen a revival of homeschooling and parents learning how to be parents again because of COVID-19. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, me too. I think God's, 
I think God is working. Not that I love COVID-19 because I right. don't, but I love what God is working together by, by bringing that to the world. Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. It, now, we're getting yeah. out, now we're getting out to something else. I think part of the problem in America is that there aren't any fathers left at home. There aren't any fathers left at home. Have to oh, Gunny, that's so yeah. They don't yeah. even know I know they can't see this, but hold on. Here, put your cup back up. Somebody take a picture, Andrew. Put your cup up. Glug, 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 glug. It's good coffee this morning, and Andrew made it, so yeah, I don't right. know if he actually tell the truth or not. But, but Scripture tells us how to be a father. See, oh, no father. Children are growing up now. They don't know what a man is. And they really yep. don't know what a woman is because the woman has to be the mother-father. And so they right, don't... They, right. I don't know why people think that that you could take an institution from God and change it mm. to where you have to fit you to fit you, right. or to have <laughs> two men or two women. It's, oh, oh, it's, well, it's, it's all about my own identity and my own preferences. Course, and again, right. that's the love, about you. That's the love of the world. That's the serpent's gospel. It, it all goes serpent's back to gospel. The same why thing. have I never heard that term? I've never heard that. I never term. heard it until I said it. So. <laughs> he just coined the phrase. He did. So Are we is, rich? So this is the good news for the. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 actually, I actually wrote it in a book one time, and that and it stuck. So I don't know if anybody else uses it or not. I don't know, but I like <laughs> it. I'm going to use it. It's a new T-shirt line. I'm use it too. Yeah, it's <laughs> Serpent's Gospel with the rattlesnake on. Yeah. Oh yeah, Diamondback, Arizona Diamondback. Was that really? A, was that <laughs> right. really a snake? I thought I just get. I thought it said the shining one. So how do you get snake out of shining one? Shining one, O Morning Star, is where the translates Lucifer. We get serpent, right. we get snake from the Garden of Eden account where it says serpent. Yeah, but it could just as easily be a dragon as a serpent. As a see, snake. thank you. I was going to say that and didn't want to didn't want to ruffle feathers. Oh wait, that it sounds says like serpent. Wait, wait, it don't say no, snake. That, that sounds too much like the Book of Revelation, and we don't. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. God left that book there, I guess. He left it in there so to completely confuse us. And <laughs> us I I, uh, no, uh, I, I think I think he I think he accidentally revealed some stuff to John and didn't really want John to write it down because so many people are like, "No, nah, we can't read that. It's yeah. too difficult to understand." And I was listening to I was listening to a Nine Marks podcast this morning, uh, Mark Dever, and he said, "You know, people would think that First John is easy and Revelation is difficult." So switch that around. Revelation is actually not that difficult to get through uh, if you can get past the baggage. Uh, and First John is way more difficult than Revelation. Oh, I don't even want to go there. Don't don't even go there. And I, I actually agree with that. So. Yeah. If you if you have these things, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the gospel applied. Um, before I, I get on to uh, the thing that Albert uh, kind of mentioned that I wanted to get to, the gospel applied means um, being a living sacrifice, not getting what we think we are owed. Um, Even in the midst of systemic oppression of any kind, uh, when the New Testament was written, there wasn't any systemic oppression at all, was there? (laughs) No, Rome was cracking down on Christianity. No. There was... (laughs) There was no, persecution, really, and tribulation. No way. People were being burned because of the way they identified. Okay, really? all right, Rome. That's systemic oppression, and here we are re- receiving the New Testament in the first century in the midst of systemic oppression. And the message of the New Testament is: 
honor the emperor, love the brethren. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people, love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you. And that's what's coming out from from the people who are being oppressed, not this stupid social justice stuff, not the stupid woke church stuff, right? And so the message of the gospel in the midst of systemic oppression is forgive, be a servant to those who are oppressing you, love them, care for them. Okay, that's the biblical message. That's the application of the gospel we receive in the New Testament. We don't have to be like victims and we don't have to live like victims. We don't have to identify ourselves as victims, even if we are. We can live like free people in the midst of persecution, in the midst of tribulation, and we can serve others. Man, what a radical idea today. Yeah, that was written thousands of years ago <laughs> in, the really? midst, in the midst of systemic oppression. It's like if you, if you really read the good book, mm-hmm. really read the Bible, um, we get down to the, the gospel of restitution, the gospel, the serpent's gospel, the woke gospel. Um, all of that is just, it's just worship of self, thinking we deserve something when we do not. Where did that come from? The serpent. Well, no, 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 no. no I'm, I'm talking about, there, it, it seems like so many people, Gunny, I know you would get this. It seems like so many people are so worried about themselves and not worried about anybody else whatsoever, just their own. Well, I think Solomon was right. There is nothing new under the sun. There's no, there's no new, what, what's it called? Systemic something. No, when people, oh, excuse me, they, they start preaching, there's no new heresy. Right. There's, there's, right. It's, it's the, all the same, same old all thing same. that went back to, to Paul, wrote about the, those people in Corinthians. Was it Corinthians about the, the know-it-alls? Mm, right. <laughs> it's, there's, there's nothing that hasn't changed. It's because instead of taking this and getting out of it what's in it i'm going to put in it what i want to put in it right and that's 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 what that's what oh, no, that's preachers good. and pastors do they 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 don't take out they say given the society how does this apply to society it applies to society the same way it did in the garden mm-hmm. when the gospel was first presented yeah <laughs> really from the lord jesus christ that's mm-hmm. yeah well this and the, the whole idea of self worship Um, brings me to a hypocrisy that I have um, really noticed as I have reflected on the Easter message, as I have reflected on on the events of Passion Week uh, and what Jesus taught during Passion Week and what Jesus did to fulfill the Old Testament during Passion Week. Everything during Passion Week points to the the federal headship of Jesus Christ, uh, the lordship of Jesus Christ. So this this idea today of self-worship of honoring myself as Lord basically is what we're getting at here. I'm going to call it the, the Lordship hypocrisy. Okay. Um, the Lordship hypocrisy basically goes like this. Uh, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Okay. Yet I'm too busy to honor the Lord on the Lord's day. Okay. So there's hypocrisy Mm -hmm. there, right? Um, This is idolatry of our busyness, of our work, of our employment. Uh, This is uh, idolatry of time we think is ours, right? Idolatry of our time. Uh, This is the the sin of mismanagement, right? So if, if if I fail at organizing my week, 
I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to be with the body of Christ. I don't have time to honor the Lord on the Lord's day. Right. And I think the Lord is okay with that, even though he is Lord. Right. So mismanagement. Um, by the way, uh, there are many people, and I, and I want to say this as lovingly, as kindly as possible, um, in, in a way that is understanding. Um, there are many people who just, they fail to manage their lives and their times and their money. And that's what keeps them from being with the body of, of Christ. And their whole life is filled with stress. Look, if that describes you and you're listening or watching, listening to or watching this, this episode, um, if that describes you, man, get with an elder of the church. One of the qualifications to become an elder of the church is, is what? That, that he is a good manager of his household, which means yep. his, his time is planned. How he spends his money is planned. How he spends time with his family is 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 planned. Um, the elders of the church are going to be some of the most organized people you can get in touch with, um, because that's a qualification toward becoming an elder, or being a good manager, not just in an outward way, but in a way that it's it's natural now because God has done that in in His heart. He is sanctified to the point where He is a good manager. So if you are struggling with managing your time, and that's the reason you can't be with the Lord on the Lord's day, or can't be with the the church of Jesus Christ on the Lord's day, get with an elder of the church who can help you manage your time better, who who can train you in that sort of righteousness, right? So there's the sin of mismanagement, which is the idolatry of busyness, the idolatry of, of time. There's the idolatry of work and laziness. It's the same thing. Um, to be a workaholic, is the same sin as being as, as being lazy, Ooh, right? Um, those are those are the same thing, the same idolatry. Even when it comes to, and the reason is because we're idolatrizing our time, and we're using our time for sordid gain, and both. So we see those as opposites. They're not opposites. That's the same sin. They're identical. Being lazy and being a workaholic, same sin, right? Um, even in the context of church, those things can become a sin. So people can be so overzealous to serve that they are, they're being, they're being what uh, Martha's instead of Mary's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So zealous to serve. Yeah. So intent on doing what I think needs to be done in the church that, <laughs> that I'm never sitting at the feet of, of Jesus and gleaning from him, which is why plural eldership, is so important because this is a sin the pastors of churches fall into all the time such that they are the ones always preaching and teaching and no one is ever pouring into them look pastors fellowships pastors fellowships are great where one pastor gets with pastors of other churches and they're pouring into one another that's perfectly fine but the the pastor the lead pastor the one who does the majority of the preaching and teaching in the church he needs the elders of the church to be pouring into him, which is one desperately thing I, love, I love about the church at Sunsites, right? We we have that, which is beautiful. Um, it is amazing. So there's the idolatry of work and laziness. Um, and the, the question I just want to ask, and maybe we'll go over our time a little bit, but this is so important because of the lordship of Jesus Christ. How can we confess that Christ is Lord, but not even prioritize the Lord's day as the Lord's day. How can we? Yeah. We, oh, that's we easy. Can't. 
I know, but it's easy to do, but it just doesn't make sense. But then it's just lip service, right? It's like if we can't, if we cannot even prioritize the Lord's day as the Lord's day and be with the body of Christ, what makes us think that we're giving the Lord any other part of our lives? We we can't do that. And I and I want to communicate that as lovingly and as kindly as possible. But the question needs to be asked because you have so many people who. Yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And it's only lip service. They're not even doing the most basic thing, not even bearing the most basic fruit, which is the Lord's day. Right. You know, yeah, I, 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 it's big. I think the, uh, the, the core issue of everything you just talked about is maturity. And if you're a believer, and that's, that's the thing I would start with, if, if, if you are the type of person, that doesn't fellowship on the Lord's day because you're too busy um, or you spend time, you know, with the Lord in prayer and repentance. Like if that's, if that doesn't mark your life, I would start with, am I a believer? Um, yeah. oh, test yeah. yourself that's real because that's a good thing to do. And, and I'm not encouraging the, you know, the, the area where a lot of people have issues with questioning their salvation all the time. I'm saying if if you're if you're not pursuing Jesus by pursuing His people, um, there, there there's some genuine tests you need to do there to 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 make sure you're in the faith. Um, but ultimately, if you are, it's it's a maturity issue. So when you when you look at the elders and the qualifications, like you brought up, Andrew, um, these all all of, all of these problems stem down to well, why do you model? Why do you want to model uh, an elder's life? Is because he's required to be a mature believer. Um, and if, if he's a mature believer, he's going to be, uh, showing the congregation that the, and other, other observers, like what it is to love Jesus well. And, and that's where, you know, whether it comes down to the busyness of your schedule or the mismanagement of your home or, or just saying with your mouth that you love Jesus, but, uh, not, not doing the things that he commands, um, that that could that could be just a an issue of needing to grow and and Paul you know was very clear uh, with people who would stand the milk of scripture like grow up stop stop just being content with being a baby um, and this, yeah. this not <laughs> an insult and just another reminder like we're not bringing this stuff up to no. con- to condemn anyone. Right. Uh, we're going to love you and care for you just the same, whether you're regularly meeting or not. And church really should not be this like if church is a burden or a chore or a chore, a chore. Right. A lot of people have heard at chore. that point. It's like you're not gleaning anything when you come anyway. You should question your salvation at that point, too, because once we are in Christ, he creates a desire to be with with the body. And one of the, one of the tests that John gives in first John is to know whether or not we are saved is if we are in the body body of Christ um, gathering with the body of Christ. And that's one of the first tests he gives. Like if you're not part of the body of Christ, question your salvation. Yeah. Uh, if, If you have no desire to be in church, if you have no desire to make that a priority question, whether you are actually in Christ. Uh, And I know several people who believe themselves to be very mature in the faith, to have a very close relationship with Christ when really all they're doing is having 
spiritual experiences, right? And mm-hmm. everybody has spiritual experiences. There's nothing special about that. Um, and every Christian believes themselves to be mature in the faith. But if we are not willing to, and if we don't desire to deny ourselves to uh, give up laboring on the Lord's day for ourselves, right? To give, right. Up, to give up a job that requires that, um, to really be countercultural in the way that we live. If we're not even willing to do that, how can we possibly have given God our, our whole lives? How, how can we possibly have denied ourselves and taken up our cross and followed Jesus? We can't have done that um, because we are so consumed with, with ourselves, our own income, our, our own time, our own, our own, our own money and our own desires, our own, our, our own lust to possibly be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and so many people have convinced themselves I am so close to Jesus, but they don't even, they haven't even given up the most basic thing, right? Which is, yeah. And there's something important to talk about here too, because there's a very real issue at hand. And that's, that's the, the ridiculous uh, dominance of unhealthy churches in our, in our uh, culture. And, and I, I want us like when you were speaking, I wanted to say, well, there's an exception there because, you know, if, if, if you're not a part of a healthy church, you're not going to want to be around that. But, but then I was, I'm, I'm walking through that thought process. I'm like, I'm like, even being among, um, you know, uh, an immature or unhealthy church fellowship um, is still really upbuilding and critical. And, and, and I'm, I'm even thinking of, you know, my own history of, of parts where I would have, you know, started to, um, separate or, or not attend a, a fellowship on Sundays um, for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into the details of that on this on, at this moment, but essentially, it it's a uh, it's just as important if if the only ability you have in your area to fellowship and to be a part of an unhealthy church, so be it. Like get in there yeah. and 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 strive to make it healthy um, and yeah. and you know, edify the body. And even if the Lord doesn't do that, like you should be dying inside. If you are, if you are apart from the body, um, think of it. And, and I, I'm loosely equating this, this analogy, but, um, if, if, if you're cut off from the root, you know, if you're not a part of the tree, you know, if, if you're, if you're often by yourself, you should be hurting and aching and withering and, and falling away from God. Um, apart from the body, I don't care what kind of devotions you have or what kind of you know theology right. that you have. Like right. if you're severed from the body, you should be hurting. You should be um, you should be clearly like walking away from God when you're away from the the body, um, yeah, well, and and it should be an essential thing. Yeah, that's the thing, and, and we're we're out of time at this point, but it's so oh, so important yeah. to say um, <laughs> if you're not running to Christ's you're walking away from him. Yeah. That's fair. Um, what if there is no good church to be a part of is the question that always comes up and can you got at this, right? Uh, first you have to ask why you think there is no good church. If it's a matter of your preferences, then get over that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where Christ, Christ is, Christ is Lord, not us. Ew, so many people is. say, 
Well, I wasn't being fed. Oh, 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 right. Oh, mm-mm. So I they, walk they out say, the they say, I just, I'm not being fed. I can't be a part of the church because I'm not being fed. And the preacher is a perfectly good expository preacher. What they mean by I'm not being fed is, I, I, you know, my preferences weren't being met. Look, if I ate according to my preferences, I'd be a lot bigger than I am. Okay. That's, um, we, don't, we don't, we don't do that. Right. Um, we, we don't, a healthy diet is not necessarily what we want all the time. Um, that's, that's not a healthy diet to truly not be being fed in a church is to not be receiving the word expositorily sound doctrine. So, so, so measure a church by sound doctrine, not according to your preferences. If there is an unhealthy church, a truly unhealthy church, mm-hmm. and you can't find a healthy church in your area, look, go anyway and build up the body. You say, uh, yeah, if if the church was healthier, I would go. Go make the church healthier. Yeah, be part of that. Be, be part of the medicine. Yeah. Go build people up. Go, yeah. go be, be a living sacrifice. Be a servant to others. Go build up the body of Christ. And if that doesn't work and the Holy Spirit is calling you to do so, plant a healthy, gospel-centered, Christ-centered church in your area. That's what we are called to do, not forsake the bride of Christ. You're crazy. Right. Forsake the bride of Christ. Um, and before you plant a church, make sure you're not doing it out of spite. <laughs> I've been there, man. <laughs> All you need to start a church is a resentment in a Bible, and the Bible is optional. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I got to touch on something. Go for it. I have to I, touch this, on something. It's perfectly fine if this episode is a little longer because we're you, getting some important stuff. Yeah, let me tell you something about this this time management business here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's that? I spent decades preaching the gospel and fighting that. Mm-hmm. And I finally came to the realization that I have picked up some fantastic clues for people like that on how to get to church on Sundays. And I still don't get to church on all Sundays when I have other obligations, but I mean, it's not because I don't want to go. It's because I had other obligations, military or otherwise. So it's like, okay, I understand this. All these people say, I ain't got time to do this. I ain't got time to do this. I ain't got time to do this. I learned the very, very hard way. I make the time because it's like, uh oh, this this stuff's got to be done by the end of the day. And I got Bible study this morning. I can't go to Bible study. I go anyway. And somehow, some supernatural way, Hmm. he makes more time for me. Well, that and, you know, the the truth is, I mean, really, the truth is you have plenty of time. You don't have the right priorities. That's that's painful to hear, though, Andrew. Yeah. I've been preaching the gospel. Plenty of time. Whatever, People have plenty of time. Whatever you're doing at the time, whatever it is, you're doing it for a very simple reason. You want to. You want to. Yeah. yeah. Given yeah. everything in front of you, you choose this. So if you choose this, which is outside the will of God, but the, the gospel was given to the church, not to Paul. Right. Not to Peter. Right. They're part of the church, yes, in that respect. Right. But it was given to the church, the fellowship. I am start, I, I'm coming to the realization that I agree with the Catholics in this regard. There is no salvation outside the church. There, there is none. We just you, explained that differently. You, you, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. You do not have to be a member of the Southern Baptist Church in order to be saved. But I think so. if you don't go to church, that's like saying, oh, I love my wife and you never go home. 
<laughs> what, what, yeah. what, there's do you some, really? There's, do you really? You yeah. know, there's there's something wrong here. Yeah. And I I look forward to Sundays. Me too. I do too. I too. Look and that's to Sundays because I get to see people. You know, I don't see through the week. Yeah. And I think that the we do not understand the doctrine of the church mm-hmm. the way it should be. Right. And we don't we don't preach a lot on the doctrine of the church. It's just. We try to preach. We do. I think we preach the the, the, the whole the, the whole the whole scripture. But our people are still so they just don't under, they're not understanding, yeah. and we can't we can't do it. That, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. So exactly. As long as long as long as, long as the man in the pulpit cuts it straight, yeah. I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. Well, but you're going to offend people. Yeah. You're going to offend people when truth offends. Coming once an hour for Sunday, you were given a gift by the Holy Spirit when you were converted. You're expected to take that gift and use it within the fellowship. That reminds me of, and and we'll end on on this note, reminds me of when Christ was with his disciples. And um, he said, the poor you will always have with you. Right. But me... You will not always have. They're sending right. a very, a very clear um, message about priorities, right? That uh, that there will always be the things in in this world that will consume our time, mm-hmm. providing <laughs> providing for family, taking care of loved ones, taking care of the poor, taking care of the needy. Um, working, pursuing an education, we will always have those things. But if Christ is not our priority, mm-hmm. we're giving our time to all of those things in vain. He's saying, if you let that consume your time, that is a never ending thing. And you will, you will spend all of your time on that, making those things your priorities, and you'll come to your deathbed at the end of your life, and you'll wonder why you wasted your life instead of pursuing the one thing that really mattered. There will always be time to do all of those other things in Christ. And we should do those other things in Christ. But if we let that consume all of our time, then we never actually get Christ and we never get to sit at Christ's feet. And if we make it to heaven at that point, right? Mm. If we are actually in Christ, right. it's as if through as if through fire. Um, and that's that's the message, y'all make Christ a priority. Uh, the other things will always be there to stress us out. The IRS exactly. will always be trying to collect your taxes. Hey, 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 hey. Surrender to Caesar. Devote time to Christ. Yes, and, please. And, and here's where I, where, I, where I speak encouragement to our own church family members who have been out for so long and who are finding it difficult to get back in because of what consumes their time. Now they've replaced church with other things that now consume their time Call right? me. Mm. because they've been out for so long. Um, here's where I, here's where I encourage you and admonish you. And in, in one breath, um, we, we want you to come back. We love you. We yeah. miss you, you know? And if you have been out of church for a long time and haven't been to the church at sunsides, we, we want to invite you to come and see what we are all about to, prioritize Christ here with this body of believers, with this local church, because we will love on you and we will care for you and we will not condemn you. Um, we've, we've made a, a very good point of that. And, and all of those who were a part of the congregation here who were condemning, we they had left, them. We did at one point. They, oh, they I, have, I wasn't here yet. Was they, I? They have left by now because they, <laughs> they, they didn't like the direction. 
we know whatever was going on at the church. Mm. And, and so it's mm. like God has done this amazing sifting thing, which he does in a church where the gospel is preached. <laughs> and um, now we are left with, we are left with the best people and we're growing, oh, and which is amazing. And people are noticing, Hey, the church at Sunsites, that body of believers really does have it going on. And it really is a pleasure to be here. And that's the caveat, right? Deny yourself prioritize Christ. And that seems like this burdensome thing, but then Christ is also saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what rest. rest. There's, there's like a rest that comes with denying self and prioritizing Christ that I, I just, I can't explain it. You just have to come experience it. So come, come experience that with us. That's the invitation I give out. Any last thoughts before I just close the episode? Yes. I think, I think Mr. Duffy needs to comb his hair next time before it starts. <laughs> see you can always tell when people know they're good looking see that i'm telling you i, I will just say for 10 seconds maybe 30 <laughs> With 30 what? seconds or minutes <laughs> well it's it's an interesting time to be reflecting on what you're saying because um it is you know, I'll, I'll jab myself a little bit because i, I feel like i'm at that point in life where it's almost like a midlife crisis. And I don't know if it's like a crisis is so much like a, a realization. Christians don't of, have midlife crises. That, that's where I was, was going to say, I'm, I'm not in a crisis, um, but that's what a lot of people would identify it as because I've just come to a point, you know, you know, getting kind of around the 40 year mark. It's like um, life is quick and it, it, it kind of, it kind of, you know, the, I was talking to Kathy about this the other day. It's like, you know, 10, 20, you know, even low thirties. Like, like, it's like, I don't know if there's a part of your brain that's not developed as much, or if you just finally grasp, like, um, wow. Like I I'm, I'm here for a, a brief amount of time. Um, you know, maybe it's when your body starts breaking down a little bit. Uh, I don't know, but it, it's, it's like coming from a guy who sprints a whole mile. Yeah, no kidding, guy. man. <laughs> and then suffered for it for two weeks. <laughs> Shh, don't say that part. But but it really is quick, and you know, you you see, like even these people that live like long and, and seemingly prosperous lives, like you look at Steve Jobs, who it's like you know one of the wealthiest men in the world, and just like that, just a snap, you know, like cancer, cancer, just dead, um, over, life's done. And some people it happens when you're really young, some middle aged, like some, you don't know how much time you have. And like, when you're talking, like that's, that's such an important thing to reflect on is the, is the brevity of life. I don't care how many years you get, whether it's 10 or a hundred. Um, it's, a, it's a mist. Why? Well, why do we know it's quick? Because that's, that's the gospel, you know, that's in the gospel. Yeah. It's, that's the truth that, that, uh, that we're told is this life is brief and, and we need to invest it well. And man, like I, I just think of all, all 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 the examples of accumulating the world's wealth, and, and even living well, you know, and, and and giving to others, and 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 you know, quote unquote, loving people, um, and it's gone. Um, you know, yeah. the richest men in the world, you know, when when Jeff Bezos goes, he's not taking anything um, materialistic that he built in this world, you know, and and he won't be the richest man in the world anymore. He'll, he'll be gone. He'll be in the grave. Uh, and that's that's coming for all of us, no matter what time. And and yeah, it's it's real. And we need to invest it well. We need to we need to know what God says is important, and and pursue those things. And it is rewarding. And it is 
uh, life-giving and, and joy, joyful to embrace those things. Yeah. So somebody said the, uh, the cult revolver was the great equalizer of men. You know, that's, that's half true. Death is, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so everybody's yeah. going to pay the debt, man. That's right. Scripture, scripture talks about today, 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 mm. today. Paul says, I forget what's behind me. I'm going forward to what the Lord has. The only time we have is this second. Oh, it's gone. That's right. One. Here's a gift, mm. another one, another one. Whether that moment seems sweet or bitter it's the only time you have yeah well, this is albert, albert can i can Ooh. i can i ask you to give some personal testimony here um so you you really started to follow christ later in life yeah um what what advice would you give so there are some young guys and young gals who listen to blacktop pulpit what what advice do you give to younger men and women um when it comes to following christ in in youth with their youth rather than, than waiting until they're older. Cause you can speak from that perspective. I, I cannot. Why the Lord chooses to, to take some people young and some people are like Timothy was young. I think Paul had a few years on him. Why? I don't know that that's in the mind of God. <clears throat> Sometimes I think that God doesn't cause us to sin in our youth. He, he just lets us go knowing that he's going to bring us back. But the experience that we had in our youth, when we get older, that experience draws us closer to Christ. Because if you're forgiven much, you love much. You, you, you love people. If you're young and you're following Christ, Scripture says it, and I believe this, I'll put it in the vernacular. If all you want is what Christ wants, if all you want is Christ, you can have anything you want. Amen. Assuming that you desire nothing but Christ. There, there is, there is at the end of time, you will come face to face with Christ. He's here now. In heaven where we know our, our relatives, our loved ones, or what, I don't know. We'll know Jesus. And I don't think we need any more. Do not let anyone ever despise you because of your youth and say you're too young. Because if you remember, Samuel talked with Christ and he was a child. There are people younger in age than me who probably, I'm sure of this, who are closer to Christ than I am. Hmm. But seek Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God. And if you want to know what the kingdom of God is, Come to church here. Seek that first, and everything else that you're going to need will be added to you. Do not despise the elderly also. We're all sinners saved by grace. Fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're chosen. Yeah. So yeah. thank God for that. With humility, thank him. So you young people, I envy you. <laughs> for all those wasted years. But then let's be honest, I've wasted some time in my older years too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
don't, don't you talk about how how your, your childhood's been tough, but it's been a, a long childhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it hasn't, it, me and Peter Pan ain't never going to grow up. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, thank thank you guys for joining us this episode of the Blacktop Pulpit. Um, reflecting just on the other side of that, reflecting on the fact that I started following Jesus at 15 years old. Um, I I have the I have the stamina and the drive to do much for the gospel. And uh, I, I am so thankful God called me earlier in life so that I, so that I could do as much as I have done and hopefully will continue to do for the gospel. And I recognize there will be a point when I no longer have the stamina or drive. Mm -hmm. And by that point, I hope that I have trained young men who can, who can take on the, take on the mantle and the, the elder generations and the younger generations need each other. That's why we are a multi-generational church. That's mm-hmm. why our, our children sit with their families in, in the worship service. Uh, that is, that is why our, our um, older population here really are treated like the, the mothers and fathers of the younger, including myself. I see the older men and women here as my, as my mothers and, and fathers in, in the mm. faith. And that is a rare mm. thing in a church today because churches are built around one generation or another. Uh, not so in the body of Christ at large. Um, discipleship is, is serious business. Please do not waste your youth on yourself. Uh, you have the stamina and drive to do great things now. Mm-hmm. Come and learn from the older population. And let's get to work for the gospel of our Lord while we are still able because there will come a day when we are no longer able mm-hmm. to uh, to do the things that require the stamina and the drive that the the advancement of the kingdom of heaven requires wow. from us just wow i'm just going to say that wow man my head is full mm. this was this is why i come here period yeah. all right uh thank you i was going to ask ken if he, if he had any, anything else to say but uh, i don't i, I don't to want interrupt. to cuz we'll be here for 30 more minutes i have to interrupt <laughs> Well, I started late, so I got to keep going. Do we not have four generations here? You're in your thirties. He's in his what? Forties? Uh, he, I'm still thirties, man. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, thirty-eight. Thirty-nine. Okay, so thirty-nine. Okay, All so right. we got two. We got two kids in their thirties. Okay, yeah. we have one gentleman in his um, hundreds. <laughs> he, he's very mature and i'm 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 mature ish you know what <laughs> think of this row. how old was moses when he died oh it's 120 yeah he did his best work in his 80s so he sure he did that's, there you go. that's my point so when yeah. did he leave the children of israel out of this is a mixed congregation right. so there were people in there who weren't jewish so how but they identified with the, the so hicksas he was he was eighty. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old Joshua was. I think Joshua was younger than. That's it. We got eighties, sixties, and all you young kids in your thirties here, and young kids in their thirties. Yeah. What great. do you call that? It's not the tens. It's the. It's not called the zeros. What is that called? <laughs> <laughs> we have them all the way down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. The other guys. The other yeah. guys. And the all other right. Guys. Thank you right. so much for joining us this episode of the Blacktop Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. Please visit thechurchatsunsites.com. Check out the resources there we have available for you. Past uh, Bible studies, sermons, ah, Blacktop Pulpit episodes. 
And be sure to pray over our ministry and click that donate button so we can continue doing the work we are doing in our community and around the world. Thank you again for joining us. We will catch you next time. Hopefully for a not extended episode. Or maybe for another extended episode. We will see. Catch you next time. Yeah.